helping you take control of your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. This is the KCLR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. And welcome back. How are you all? You are listening to the Power Hour with me, Natalie Lennon, here with you every Wednesday evening until 7 pm on Casey Lord, chatting through all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and well being with you. I hope you have been enjoying the series as much as I have. A reminder the aim of the Power Hour every single week is to give you the tools to take control of your health inside and out. I want to give you the power to maximize the quality of your life. And of course, we want to make it fun. I want to give you that feel good factor so you walk away from the power hour each week feeling uplifted and inspired. The world is a crazy place at the minute, guys. But I hope that this hour adds some positivity to your week. If you want to get in touch with any questions or to let us know what you're up to, please do so on our dinnersready.ie text line 083 306 9696. You can WhatsApp us here too or reach out to me on my Instagram at Natalie Lennon underscore. I am a personal trainer and nutritional coach so happy to help with any questions you have. Coming up on this week's show it is our sleep special. Next week is World Sleep Day and I have one of Ireland's top sleep coaches coming on to chat to us for quite some time. We have our usual Q&A where I'll be answering two questions that came into my Instagram this week that I think will benefit you all. I have some sleep facts that I think are really 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 going to surprise you. And then, of course, we have our one-minute myth bust, our fitness funny, and our cheer challenge. I want to hear how you got on with your homework last week. But first, we're going to go to a quick ad break. Have something you want answered? Just let us know. It's the Power Hour Q&A. Hello and welcome back to the Power Hour with me, Natalie Lennon. So our usual weekly Q&A, I got two very interesting questions this week. Now the first question that came in, am I getting enough omega-3 from vegan sources? I have chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts and hemp seeds daily. Okay, so omega-3s, let me tell you a little bit about these first. So the straight answer to this question, are you getting enough from those vegan sources? is potentially no. You're more than likely not getting enough of the omega-3 fatty acid form that your body needs to properly utilize it. Now this might get a little bit complicated, but hold on to me. So omega-3 fatty acids, what are they? Well, they are essential fatty acids. We all know that we have fats in our food, but these are really, really important ones that our body cannot make on its own. That means that we have to get these essential fatty acids through our diet so that our body can function properly. Our body literally needs them to function properly. But I can tell you for sure that there is a lot of people who do not get enough omega-3s or enough of the right kind. So there's different varieties, shall we say, of omega-3s. They carry out really, really important functions, guys. And we genuinely just don't emphasize things like this enough in school. So what are their functions? Well, They're a key structure of every cell wall. They provide the starting point for many hormones. The ones that regulate blood clotting, for example, contraction and relaxation of your artery walls. And omega-3s are so important to reduce inflammation of the body. So think arthritis, think acne. We want to reduce that inflammation. And note that a lot of foods that we eat nowadays cause more inflammation in the body than we can cope with, which can lead to serious health risks. So we need anti-inflammatory foods like omega-3s. But are you getting enough? 
Well, if you just have the vegan sources like hemp seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds, they're a form of omega-3 called ALA. Now, we don't want to get too complicated here, but the form we need and our body can use is EPA and DHA. That's as complicated as we're going to get. Now, we can convert that vegan form into the one we use, but the conversion rate's really low. So what I suggest is if you want to get enough omega-3s, is include fatty or oily fish in your diet, guys. This is salmon or mackerel. And please note that tuna in sunflower oil is not an oily fish. That is just tuna in oil. <laughs> so if you don't eat fish, I'd suggest getting a fish oil supplement with EPA and DHA. That's what you want to look for on the label. Now, if you're vegan and you don't want a fish oil supplement, recently, and thank heavens they have, science has managed to create an algae-based omega-3 that will have DHA and EPA. So look for a supplement if you don't like having your fatty fish. Long story short, vegan dietary sources may not be enough, but they still have really important functions in the body. So keep the chia seeds, flax seeds and wallets coming. The second question that came in was, what are the best foods for healthy skin? And this ties in really well because one of the best foods you can have for healthy skin is omega-3 fatty acids. So your fatty fish that can help keep the skin thick and moisturized. Actually, a deficiency in omega-3s can cause dry skin and it can cause inflammation like redness and acne. You want to get antioxidants like vitamin E, you want to get vitamin C. So you're looking at foods like avocados, walnuts, seeds, broccoli, tomatoes, bell peppers, all those wonderful things. Vitamin A is also really important. So again, tomatoes, sweet potatoes, carrots. But remember, you can eat all the good foods in the world to aid your skin health. A diet high in sugar, you can't outdo. So you need to strike that healthy balance. There are two questions this week. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Power Hour with me, Natalie Lennon. So as I mentioned at the start of the show, next week, Friday, the 18th, is World Sleep Day. And I'm really, really lucky to have gotten one of Ireland's top sleep coaches to join us on the show very soon. But first off, I thought I would share some really interesting sleep facts with you that might surprise you. And now if you have any questions for Tom when he comes on, please do send them in to our dinnersready.ie text line 0833069696. So some of these facts that I was looking up and they really surprised me as well, I think you'll find so interesting. Number one, 40% of adult men and 24% of adult women are habitual snorers. Now, I know there's probably couples sitting at home going, see, I told you, you snore more than I do. <laughs> that one I thought was really, really interesting. So men do snore more than women. There you go. Here is fact number two. Only 20% of us in Ireland reckon we get enough sleep. That's a very, very scary figure, considering how important sleep is for our overall well-being and our concentration when we're driving. Only 20% of us reckon we get enough. Fact number three, in a poll of 14 countries, Ireland came second in terms of reporting poor sleep, with the UK being number one. So hopefully this show today is going to convince you to turn these figures around. 56% of poor sleepers in Ireland cite stress as the main culprit. And I definitely can say that that's true to my own sleep as well. If I'm stressed about something, I really struggle to let it go when I pop my head to the pillow and I hold on to it and it affects my sleep. So hopefully we're going to find out today how we can let go of that stress so we can get a good night's kip, as they say. Did you know this? This was a strange one. 12% of people dream in entirely black and white. Isn't that just crazy? And apparently that percentage was far higher when we still had black and white televisions. Crazy. Okay, fact number six. This I also thought was really, really interesting. Within five minutes of waking, 
generally 50% of your dreams are forgotten does that happen to you as much as it happens to me you wake up and you're like oh my god that was the most vivid exciting dream I can't wait to tell someone in like 15 minutes time at the breakfast table and then it's gone <laughs> you can't remember it at all parasomnia this is the term that refers to the unnatural movements you may make during your sleep. And I've been told before that I can give a boxer a kick in my sleep. So there's the term. But some people have even committed crimes during their sleep. Do you know like getting and driving a car when you're asleep and like sleepwalking, sleep driving, sleep robbing a bank apparently has been a thing. Um, Dysania is the state of finding it hard to get out of bed in the morning. Now, I don't want everyone at home saying, oh yeah, I suffer with dysania. This is like a chronic condition, but that is the term. And this also is a really, really interesting one. Hypnic jerks. The sensation of falling when half asleep that leads you to jerk yourself awake. I'm sure we can all relate to that. Apparently, it's a healthy sign. It's nothing to be worried about. And it can be increased if you have physical activity occurring close to bedtime. So that is what that is. Hypnic jerks. Hypnic jerks. It's quite a common sensation. Okay, what we're going to do is just go to a quick ad break, guys, before I'm back with a really, really interesting live interview. Wednesdays from 6pm, the KCL or Power Hour with Nathalie Lennon. Welcome back, everybody. So as I mentioned, next Friday is World Sleep Day, the 18th of March. I am absolutely thrilled to have one of Ireland's, I'm going to say he is Ireland's top sleep coach, health scientist, shift work specialist and keynote speaker coming to us live on the line here all the way from Mayo, but I believe I have Mr. Tom Coleman. Tom, how are you doing today? Very good. Thank you very much for having me on, Natalie. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on and thank you so much for your time. So, Tom, I have so many questions that came in all about sleep. I asked my Instagram followers to send in some. We might get some in from our listeners here. I'm going to dive just straight into our questions, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, so let's start off with the most important question. How important is a regular sleep schedule? And just to throw in a little add-on here, like even on your days off or at the weekends, how important is it to keep a regular sleep schedule? It's just as important as any other aspect of, you know, sleep. And when we assess sleep, there's different um, qualities we look for and sleep regularity is right up there. It's just as important as the quantity of sleep that we get. People require different quantities and sleep regularity is right up there. I mean, our brain loves patterns. Our brain loves going to bed at the same time, getting up at the same time. And that's why on Saturday morning, when you're when you're wanting a lie in, you wake up at the same time. Brilliant, because I did have a few girls kind of write into me and say, but you know, if we're heading out every weekend, every Friday and Saturday night I head out, is that really going to be kind of damaging my my level of concentration come Monday or Tuesday? So the, the short answer there is yes, really. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes, you know, we accumulate sleep debt, we miss out on sleep during the week. You know, experts tell us that, you know, we should go to bed at the same time, get up at the same time. But sometimes life happens as well. Yes, and I love that. that you know, we can fall out of pattern. But look, you know, we, we can adapt to that quite easily. And, you know, we can we can make up for um, if we have accumulated any sleep debt or something like that. So that's actually a good one to follow on to because someone asked us, is it bad to nap at the weekends to catch up on sleep? Um, should we nap? Like, can we catch up on sleep through naps? 
the whole napping thing we, we we talk about it, it it will depend on the person some people are very sensitive to napping um, other people include naps every day and they're fine yeah. so um many people or some people may not be producing a huge amount of melatonin which helps push you to sleep yes um and as the day goes on we build up something called sleep pressure in the brain so we don't want to nap too close to bedtime um so you know you will know that yourself and then mm-hmm. the duration of the nap how long should we nap for a lot of research on this and when we look at sleep we talk about 90 minute cycles because yeah. that's how your brain sleeps in in these blocks or cycles of 90 minutes so if you can imagine you start to fall asleep and you you gradually fall deeper and deeper and deeper and then you dream at the end of a 90 minute cycle now if you wake up uh, an hour into a cycle you're going to feel terrible you're going to feel groggy you're going to feel really tired so don't nap for an hour so NASA have researched this and they found that the the optimum time is about 25, 26 minutes for a nap. You're not in N3, N4 deep stage sleep at that point, but you'll get a good brain refresh. Um, For the shift worker out there, maybe you want to have a full 90 minute cycle of a nap before you're heading into a night shift. So it depend on the circumstance. It is personal as well. Tom, that's really interesting. So optimal nap times, 25 to 26 minutes. I know my mother just told me she fell asleep for half an hour last night, so maybe she was safe there. Yeah, she's but, on something. Yeah, she's on something without realising it. But then for shift workers, a full 90-minute cycle might be optimal. Really, really interesting. Okay, my next question for you. Can getting daylight, because I often put out there on my Instagram, like hashtag daily daylight, we should all try get at least 10 minutes of daylight a day. I know that can benefit our mood can that really benefit our sleep oh absolutely it's yeah. it's it's the most powerful i suppose uh, timekeeper we have one area of the brain that looks after timing and our circadian rhythm what you know is body your body clock yeah. so this one area of the brain it's called the suprachiasmatic nucleus but you don't need to remember well. that <laughs> um, that's informed directly by light okay, okay. now um, sun rises and light enters the brain through, we have um, receptors in the back of our eye, the back of our retina, and they're called photoganglion receptors. So, and they're four different frequencies. So morning light has yellow, uh, yellow blue color, and that's a particular frequency, and we have a particular receptor for that color. Isn't that fascinating? Wow. And that then informs the supercomputer of what time it is. It anchors your sleep pattern and getting morning light also sets a timer for melatonin production in the brain. So you're setting a timer for your going to bedtime if you're getting morning light. Five to ten minutes is enough, but we should be getting lots of light exposure because these are the cues that the brain need because we have this internal rhythm of about 24 hours and that's what circadian means, Mm -hmm. circadian, around about a day. Um, But we need those cues from outside to help align us and really it's it's a game changer when it comes to sleep i mean years ago we were told get out into that fresh air it's good for you yeah um <laughs> you, you, you sleep well I and mean, people know this if you've been outside all day you sleep much better than at night you, that's so true and on days like today when the weather is so poorly it's really hard i kind of get a little bit kind of frustrated when i can't get that daily daylight but that is such an interesting fact about the morning light just five to ten minutes in the morning because I would often if it's nice just step outside in the morning with my cup of coffee just to look at the sunrise and now it makes a lot of sense to me as to why I crave that it's actually it's actually something that we should be doing every day um 
question for you, kind of related to this, it came in also on my Instagram, Tom. Someone asked us, should we sleep more in the winter than the summer because of the greater, darker hours that will be there during the winter days? Are we naturally supposed to sleep more if our body is following kind of daylight and nighttime? It, there is more of a, a tendency to, to um, sleep more um, because I suppose melatonin is produced only when it's dark. So we produce melatonin in the brain, the pineal gland produces it, and that's one of the mechanisms that pushes you to sleep. So, you know, within life, within nature, um, there are all of these seasonal cycles. And because there's more darkness, we may be producing more melatonin and that may be helping us, pushing us to sleep. So there would be a tendency to sleep slightly more and we would be probably waking earlier um, and sleeping less in in, in the summertime. In the summer. Yeah, and I definitely think that's the case for myself anyway. Um, Next question for you, Tom. How can exercise affect our sleep? Well, in terms of research, we know that exercise will improve sleep quality or the depth of sleep that you get. Um, It will reduce wake episodes and it reduces something called sleep latency, how long it takes you to fall asleep. Wow. You know, I think we've become so disconnected with the outside world and many of us are sitting in front of computers. We're not getting out of sleep. We're not moving. We're not engaging. Well, if you think about it, if you're out physically working all day, I mean, you know, that would really help you um, sleep. Now, exercise will shift or can shift your, your, your sleep time because essentially you're in fight or flight. If you're, if you're exercising, you're doing high intensity exercise, you're in fight or flight mode. So you're, you're getting cortisol, yeah, yeah. ACHD, and this chemical environment to, to tell you to move and go. And that takes time to eliminate. So ideally, we want to leave two to three hours. Of course, you know, not always possible. We need to leave two to three hours between our... Yeah, yeah. Um, exercise and, and, and sleep time. Tom, you're, we're losing um, you a little bit there. Can you still hear us clearly? Just checking yeah, out I there. Yeah, I can still hear you, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I think we have you back a little bit more there. Sorry, continue on. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, um, you can, you have to be careful not to exercise too close to bedtime. To bed, yeah. You need to leave that two to three hours. And um, there are optimal times as well in terms of your circadian rhythm, your your body clocks, because I suppose 5 p.m. would, would be a really good time because that's when your body temperature is at its highest. And the, the, Now, that's news the to me. Yeah, the, the likelihood for injury is much less because your, your circulatory system, your muscles are working at their peak. So rush hour in the gym PM. at 5 p.m., we're all on to the right idea going at rush hour. <laughs> I always thought yeah, morning I mean, was the absolutely. best time. Okay, um, that's really interesting. So exercising can help reduce wake episodes. I had a lot of people write into me and say, I fall asleep, no problem, but I wake up a lot throughout the night. How can I reduce, I guess, the amount of wake episodes? So there is just yeah. one thing that could help is making sure they're exercising and potentially doing that at around 4 or 5 p.m. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, wake episodes, we we don't describe sleep as sleep. We we call it sleep-wake cycles and, and the 90-minute cycles. Yes. So the tendency is the first two or three cycles, which are your deepest, because we get deep deep sleep and light sleep, and each cycle changes. Uh, light sleep is just as important as deep sleep when it comes to our health and our mental health. Uh, really important to say that. But um, wake episodes, what are you doing during the day? How much coffee are you drinking? Mm. What's your stress level like? If you go to bed wired and tired, um, your brain will wake you up uh, in the middle of the night because it thinks there's a threat at a subconscious level. So we need to be consciously winding down and relaxing and ensuring that you know we are relaxing. So if people do 
watch I often out for say that. that's I often say, Tom, and maybe you will agree with us here, that potentially a nighttime routine could be more important than a morning routine because morning routine is given so much hype in the wellness world at the moment. But personally yeah. I think your nighttime routine will be more important. Would you agree with me there? Well, I think I think it's it's hugely important because we found so many different ways. Now, You're breaking up on us a little bit, Tom. You're breaking up us. I'm not sure if the mic is just going a little bit far away. We're just checking in. Can you still hear let us? Me, let me see if I can get close to the mic. Can you hear me now? Is that better? We, we have you there. Yeah, yeah. Continue yeah. on. Yeah, sorry. So, um, yeah, there are natural times, I suppose. You know, we found many ways to wind ourselves up during the day and get stressed out and everything else. And, you know, the demands of life were so busy and fitting everything into the day. Like, you know, that, that evening wind down is, is really, really important that we consciously do that and, and take care that we're physically, emotionally and mentally wound down before attempting to go to sleep. Yeah, okay, okay, really interesting. Um, next question, and this is one that I know the answer probably is, it is bad, but I still cannot help myself from doing it every single morning. And I think a lot of people will find the answer to this very interesting. How bad is it to hit the snooze button? Uh, okay, so so it's telling me something about your sleep straight away. <laughs> How many times are you hitting the snooze button? So <laughs> I always say hit, set a reverse snooze button to tell you to go to bed. So I mentioned that we sleep oh, in 90 minute cycles. <laughs> yeah, we sleep in 90 minute cycles. So if you have to get up at 7.30, five 90 minute cycles, that's seven and a half hours. That's the recommendation. So you should be asleep at 12, should be in bed at half 11, should be winding down from 10. You know, so set, set alarms and set boundaries around technology to cut off from technology. You know, I would say I'll give you one go on the snooze button and that's it. Because if you're, if you're if you're if you're just continuously hitting it and you're there an hour you could be wasting an opportunity to get more sleep if you plan your sleep a little bit better that's very true why why do we all hit that snooze button so much okay noted i'm going to change this tomorrow morning tom you're inspiring me here (laughs) next question for you room temperature how important is that for a good night's sleep our core body temperature peaks at 5 p.m i said this already and then it starts to drop and it it gets to its lowest at 5 a.m now our core body temperature needs to drop by about two degrees for sleep to be achieved and a warm shower is one of the ways we do this because that causes a rebound cooling effect uh, in the body can also help wind down from exercise the okay. warm shower yeah. rest and relaxation so temperature is absolutely key and because it influences melatonin brilliant so body temperature there fantastic the warm shower a really good tip just adding in room temperature then Tom often we're kind of told your room should be cool yeah. rather than warm Yes, nice and cool. 18 to 20 degrees, ideally. 18 to 20, yeah, okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I definitely find I sleep so much better in a cool room. Turn down the radiators in my bedroom. Now, this question we got in a lot, and I'm sure I have a lot of shift workers listening to us, and you are indeed a shift work specialist. So, this was a question that came in. Coming off nights, do we have to stay awake to get a good sleep that night? But this means we'll be awake for 24 hours. Ah, look, it's the shift workers, I really, my heart goes out to them. So if you're coming off, we'd look at the full cycle if you're on a a four uh, four days on, four days off, sometimes it's two days, two nights. So look at your full cycle, right? When you finish your nights, think about the 90-minute cycles. You can sleep for 90 minutes, sleep for three hours. There's there's different strategies that you can try. Um, You can get some sleep um, and then you can stay awake all day and try and, you're always looking ahead to try and get 
into the next kind of shift or uh, the next uh, shift in your in, in your day or your time okay yeah so you can do a temp you can do uh, no sleep that's the hardest one mm-hmm. uh, you 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 you'll shift your circadian rhythm back into a day that way quicker but it's very painful or you can do I would recommend probably a partial do three hours three hours because then that's two 90 minute cycles is my maths correct (laughs) I'm so used to using calculator these days it's terrible now that took me too long than it should okay (laughs) Um, my next question for you Tom Um, this came in from a lady who said her dad is a terrible sleeper chronic sleep sleep problems what medical testing can you get to um, I suppose assess that Great question. Diagnosis is really important. Yeah. Um, sleep issues fall into different categories, you know, whether those be the phys- physical components that I speak about, uh, psychological, uh, stress, anxiety, um, medical, so sleep apnea and different sleep issues, yeah. irregularities. Um, so I would, you know, polysomnography is, is, is the gold standard and that's where you go to a lab and you get, you, you spend the night and they analyze your brain patterns and, and that would uh, require um, a specialist. But Perfect. there are some, some people out there that can really help, uh, like the insomnia clinic or people like that who can the help insomnia diagnose. Clinic. Yeah, diagnose, diagno- you know, a clear diagnosis it will inform the solution. And Tom, do you generally need a GP referral to go to get your sleep assessed or go to the insomnia clinic? I'm guessing that's Dublin based. Yeah. Well, you can go to the insomnia clinic. That could be a good starting point. And um, uh, referrals are generally required from, okay. from GPs good to, to specialist services. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, now, another question that came in. Um, how to be less anxious about the fact that we can't get to sleep? I know a lot of people have experienced this. So, like, we go to bed. It might take us an hour to fall asleep. And then we're getting so anxious about the fact that we can't fall asleep. It's now taken us two hours to fall asleep. How can we yeah. be less anxious about falling yeah. asleep itself? The, I, I suppose in terms of research on, on, on anxiety, you know, the, the, the biggest uh, thing that people worry about who have anxiety is how long will they have anxiety? So it's the same thing with the sleep. And I find that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, have a strategy. So in terms of, you know, again, there was a huge study done by Cambridge and they found that people who had a strategy for anxiety um, coped far better, no matter how poor the, the strategy was, they, you know, they lowered their anxiety much quicker. So I would say focus on the process, not the outcome. I would say to people, stop trying to fall asleep and and start trying to relax mm-hmm. Um, you know, move the goalposts and, and do some uh, body scan or, or meditation. I find that really helpful. Deep relaxation. Yeah, yeah. The guided meditation is one that I find really, really helpful. The body scans and for anyone listening at home wondering how they can do this, well, YouTube, there's many there. There's apps um, on smartphones called Calm and Headspace. I find Calm brilliant myself. But um, another one, I guess, surrounding that, the wake episodes, if you suffer with anxiety, um, that as well might be causing your wake episodes because a lot of people sent in that question. So potentially bringing that process in during the day may also help reduce wake episodes as well? That's right. I mean, you know, it's cumulative where this kind of anticipatory anxiety and, you know, the different types of anxiety, which is essentially stress and and you're ramping up the nervous system and you're you're gradually pushing yourself up into that fight or flight and you may not even be aware of it. Yeah. So building in, you know, five to ten minutes, what are called NSD or non-sleep deep rest protocols during the day, so real conscious relaxation move you outside of your head thinking analyzing yes, you yeah. know because that's the same part of your brain that looks after worry 
and that's when we gravitate at night. So conscious relaxation for five or ten minutes a few times okay. a day will really help with sleep okay. and wake episodes. One or two more quick questions for you, Tom. Um, this is all just so interesting. So I suppose a quick one for you, just so we can clarify for everyone. How many hours sleep a night should adults typically be getting? You know, I suppose the within the bell-shaped curve, uh, seven and a half, five cycles would be generally uh, most people. Some seven people and operate, a half. Yeah. Yeah. Some people operate quite well of six hours, or they're fine. So other people need more. This um, eight hours sleep a night is that actually a little bit damaging if you're waking up in the middle of a cycle after eight hours? You're better off waking up at seven and a half hours. Or nine hours. Well, you know, there is variance within the, there is a slight variance. So, so the expert says seven to eight hours, you know, and your brain will naturally kind of wake you up anyway at the end, you know, at the end of your REM, at the end of the cycle. So uh, don't, I, again, I want people to focus on the sleep regularity. Yes, uh, of okay. Of course, we need to be getting a, a certain quantity and, you know, how you wake up will, it, will, will tell you if you need more sleep, you need to add another cycle. Is it true that you would say, quality is more important than quantity here or really a mix of the two? Probably a mix of the two. Probably mm -hmm. a mix of the two, I would say. Okay. Well, Tom, we have really enjoyed this interview with you today. All of that information has been so helpful for myself and I'm sure to all of the listeners here on the Power Hour and KCLR. If I was to ask you to leave us with maybe your number one tip to help someone get a better quality night's sleep tonight, what would you say? I would say disconnect with the technology and engage with life. Uh, and that means getting outside and using your body. So you're getting the light, the exercise, and you're connecting with people rather than being just stuck with tech. And we need the technology. Well, that, would my, that would be my tip. Disconnect from the technology and engage with life. Brilliant. Disconnect from technology and engage with life. Tom Coleman, sleep coach, health scientist, shift work specialist and keynote speaker. I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the Power Out this evening. We'll hopefully chat to you very soon, Tom. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. Take care now. Guys, we're going to go to a quick ad break and be back soon. Whether your car is a bit like this or sounds more like this, maybe it runs like this or a bit closer to this. We know your car is as individual as you are. That's why we have everything you need to take care of your car at Best Drive. Best Drive by Continental. You drive, we care. At Energia, we know there's power in the Irish language, especially in words like Brackheimshire, weather that is neither very good nor very bad, which... Let's be honest, takes care of about 11 months of the year around these parts. Shocked in the Gaelge le Energia, the power behind Fuckil Intache. The Power Hour Fitness Funny. Hello and welcome back. So it is that time of the week on the Power Hour where we share our fitness funny story. So this one that came in to me. Here we go. Quotations. I threw an exercise ball and it landed on the mini trampoline. So if you're in the gym, you know, there's these exercise balls. I think we all know what they are. Um, and there's these little mini trampolines as well that a lot of people use to exercise on or for ankle rehabilitation. Threw the exercise ball on the mini trampoline and it flung back, hit my fingers, which then caused them to hit my face. Oh my Lord, I would be... I'd be scarlet, as they say. <laughs> um, and they also said, I managed to grab the ball before it caused further chaos. Everyone around me, 
either didn't notice or pretended not to. I probably look like an idiot laughing to myself. Uh, do you know what? I don't think anyone could look like an idiot laughing to yourself. I think that's the best way to just kind of blow over these nearly embarrassing moments because the same happened to me in the gym today. And I th- I think if there's anyone in Empower Fitness in Carlow that saw me training there before the show tonight, I was doing a step up on a box and as I brought my hand back down with a kettlebell above, I whacked my head so hard with this kettlebell. I don't know if anyone looked because I was too embarrassed to look around me, but I just kind of gave my head a little rub, um, gave my ego a little boost, hopefully, and just laughed it off. I think that's the best thing that you can do. Clearing up those misconceptions, the Power Hour One Minute Myth Bust. Welcome back. You are listening to the Power Hour on KCLR. So our myth that we are busting this week. Well, I had to relate it back to sleep after all of our sleep discussions here ahead of World Sleep Day next Friday. And that myth is that alcohol before bed may improve sleep. We are busting that right here, right now. So this idea of a nightcap, you know, I'll have a nightcap. It'll help me relax so I can sleep better. It won't. So a drink or two may be relaxing and it can, in fact, induce drowsiness. Yes. And that may mean that it's easier to initially fall asleep. But the problem is that the quality of that sleep declines considerably after drinking, guys. So if you have alcohol before going to bed, it can completely throw off your sleep cycles. We've just been chatting to Tom Coleman about how important those cycles are. By the way, if you want to get in touch with Tom and you're looking for him, um, his Instagram, you'll find him at Tom Coleman. Um, there, you cannot miss him. He's so much useful information there all about sleep. So yeah, having alcohol before bed Ideally, it's a no-go. We want to reduce it or eliminate it because the nightcap will not help you sleep. It may help you fall asleep, but there may be wake episodes, which we have just discussed. You may not get into deep sleep, which is really, really important for recovery. And it can also maybe worsen the likes of snoring or sleep issues such as sleep apnea. So there you go. You're better off going for a caffeine-free tea. I have a decaf berries at home for before bed or your nighttime tea like a chamomile or like a lavender scented, specially focused tea just for nighttime. Okay, I'm moving on to our cheer challenge this week. So every week on the Power Hour, I've given you guys some homework to uh, to hopefully try your best to take on as the week um, unfolds before our power hour next week and I think you've all been getting on great as far as I know some of you have let me know at home so this week's cheer challenge is of course we have just been talking about sleep to do just as Tom said and to disconnect before bed and I want you to try and do that by taking five deep breaths now my favorite kind of timing to do deep breathing on is four seconds in one second hold six seconds out Four seconds in, one second hold, six seconds out. That will relax your nervous system and calm your racing mind, hopefully for a better night's sleep. That is what I want you to do for your homework this week, okay? So we are going to round up our power hour there tonight, guys. It has been great chatting to you. I cannot wait for next week. We have Own Kerry coming up on Fully Loaded very, very soon. Take care. Clearing up those misconceptions, the Power Hour One Minute Myth Bust.